What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome to Shaw Locals Bears Insiders Podcast. I am Kyle Neighbors along with Sean Hammond and appreciate you guys hanging in with us this morning. We we're trying to figure out a tech or a tech issue um, to get things going this morning. Finally got that solved, Sean. Um, good to be with you, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, last week of the season here, Kyle. Yeah. It's, At least uh, if, if you're uh, the Bears. Uh, it, some yeah. other teams are going to keep playing, but for us, it's last week. It. Um, you know, after the last couple of weeks of seeing where the Bears are, I think it's time to to go ahead and, and let the 2022 season uh, go into the record books for this Bears team, man. Yeah, I think we're all ready to uh, move on from this season um, and just, just wash our hands of it and, and move on and, and start talking about next year and, and what the Bears can do to uh, improve this team. I, uh, I'll admit, I, I tend to get uh, a bit of football fatigue when we get like into the holiday season particularly coming out of it just because um you know we we do this a lot for a living whether that's at the pro level all the way going back to high school since pretty much when training camp kicks off um so with it's it's i've been able to ward that off longer than usual because the bears despite the fact that they stink like they typically do uh they've at least had interesting storylines that's kind of fallen apart uh kind of fallen apart here over the last couple weeks sean um and to the point where i actually wasn't watching the monday night game between buffalo and cincinnati because i was like all right it's two playoff teams like i'm gonna see these teams i've already watched both these teams a lot this year i'm gonna go ahead and take a break and then the text messages started flowing in the other night Mm -hmm. and i of course jump on and and see what happened with demar hamlin and uh you know it's it's tough for anyone to watch um uh, for I think anyone who does this for a living in terms of like journalism and, and being around anyone who's around these guys, I, I talk about it a lot about like the humanity and, and remembering they're not just a name in a jersey or, a, you know, with a number on their jersey. Um, That was an unfortunate reminder of just how real that is. Yeah, every every single player on the football field is a human being. And uh you know, from the from the starting quarterback to the the last guy on the bench whose name you you might not even know, like they're all people, and that that's just a, a really tough situation, and and um, you know, kind of puts a damper on the end of the season here. I mean, it's uh, uh you know, 
I, I'm sure this is not what the NFL wanted to be talking about this time of year, and it's unfortunate. Um, I also was not watching that game from the beginning. Um, I I must have just turned it on right after this happened because I, I hadn't seen any Twitter notifications or anything. Uh, I flipped the game on, and you know they were he, they were attending to him down on the field, and and the players were, you know, that's when those shots of the players looking really shaken started to to pop up on the screen and uh you know you kind of knew almost immediately that that this was not normal yeah um certainly the the reaction of the players the reaction of emergency personnel when you when i went back and looked at it like we we both have had multiple instances over the years where we've seen pretty severe injuries and people have to be stretchered and, and stabilized even having said that, the the reaction of emergency personnel in that game on Monday night, it was pretty much immediately clear that something was very, very wrong. Yeah, it, it was. And and you're right, Kyle. I mean, uh, not this exact thing, but but things like this do happen in the game of football. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, we saw Tevin Jenkins down on the field and, uh, you know, unable to get up at all. They had to... to um, you know, stabilize his neck. And we see them do that. Uh, the, the good thing is they do that, you know, they're extra cautious with those types of things. And, and in Tevin's case, thankfully it wasn't, wasn't worse than that. And he, he was able to, to get back, uh, you know, uh, relatively quickly. And, uh, uh, but it's, it's easy to forget that, that when things like that happen, you know, these are people and, uh, um, you never want to see anybody go through something like that uh, on the football field or, you know, we're just playing a game here and, and seeing something like that just really it is hard. I'm glad you brought up Tevin and it's a good pivot point back to the bears. Um, I wish I had something more insightful to say about the DeMar Hamlin situation. I, I, I unfortunately don't. Um, There's been a lot of people who've said a lot of, a lot of nice things. You know, yeah. Like I, national I, broadcasts and whatnot. Yeah. I just, it's 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 a tough situation. Um, but kind of transitioning back to the Bears, you brought up Tevin and and but sticking to, um, sticking to kind of the, like the humanity of it and all. It's a good place to start because we're going to talk a lot today about 2023 and and what we want to see from the Bears and what we've seen from them this season in terms of building towards the future. Um, and I'm going to drop this link in the chat because I want if anyone here is, is with us on YouTube, it's popping in there. Uh just so you guys have a reference, if you haven't seen the story, uh, it was, and it's just about it's Sean's notes from notebook from the game on, on Sunday, but I want you to take the look at the, uh, the photo that is the lead and it's Tevin Jenkins who left that game, obviously really early, uh, again and missed the rest of it. I don't, he didn't come back in, right? No, he did not come back. In, okay, but he did I, stay on the bench. He was that's on the bench what I said day. that, and then when I think about seeing him in uniform in that picture, on the, I'm like, man, maybe he came back in. And I missed it or something somehow, but I didn't think so. Um, but the, the the photo is of of Tevin trying to essentially uh, console a, a a pretty upset uh, Braxton Jones who had a, a really tough game uh, at, at left tackle, and it's just kind of I thought it was a perfect encapsulation of of who these guys are as human beings, because like you look at Braxton Jones and we've talked about a lot this season. Um, we've talked a lot this season about Braxton Jones and, and kind of the hidden gems or the, the gems of, of finding players, but like Braxton Jones still is a, 
you know, like he's still got an uphill battle to remain in the league. And he knows like going into 2023, like his job is secure. Um, I just thought that was a, a really great shot. I, 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 I want to give credit to the, who was the AP photographer, Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Burleson is the guy that shot it. I thought it was a really good shot. Yeah, it's a great photo. And, you know, I saw that. I don't know how many of the reporters up in the press box, you know, the game ends and, and people are finishing up their immediate stories. And I was just kind of scanning the field with the binoculars and, and saw that moment happening. You know, everyone, uh, you know, the game ends and NFL game ends and both teams kind of spill out onto the field and, you know, they're high, high five and handshaking, whatever, saying hey to their buddies on the other team. And, and I just noticed Braxton sitting on a Gatorade bucket on the bench. He hadn't moved, you know, and he was just kind of staring off into space. Uh, and then I saw Tevin go over there and, and say something to him. And, uh, you know, I, these guys go through, they, they have a lot of challenges and, and you're right, Kyle, like Braxton Jones is a rookie who nobody expected to start at left tackle this season. I think that uh, we can all kind of say that he has, he has exceeded our expectations, but at the same time, he has areas of his game that he needs to work on. And, and, you know, yes, it, it was a bad game. You know, everybody has bad games, but um, sure. In the back of his mind, he could be thinking about, you know, this is your last impression on your rookie season. And certainly the bears are going to take a long, hard look at those tackle spots uh, and try to figure out how they can improve this offensive line through the draft, through free agency. And, you know, the, the, uh, the sort of underlying storyline of that is okay. You know, if they bring somebody else in, someone's going to get benched. And, and so, uh, no, you, if you're, if you're uh, Braxton Jones, you don't want to have a bad game uh, going into the off season. That, that's kind of your last impression. And he's yeah. got another chance here. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, a uh, uh, you know, tough afternoon for him. Yeah. Uh, Rick checking in saying Jones getting bull rushed by a 250 pound or 255 pound in is alarming. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, there's no getting around it. Braxton Jones really struggled on Sunday, but the, I, I guess the, uh, before we get into Sunday and the struggles of the, of the offensive line, what I'll say, uh, to kind of finish that Braxton Jones thought is, yeah, it's, um, it's the idea of this isn't a first round pick. This isn't even a, a second or third round pick. This is, you know, a guy that we weren't expecting to be starting. And essentially like, this is a rebuilding team. The, the guys know that this is a rebuilding team. They know that significant changes are coming to this roster. And Braxton Jones is like, listen, I have a chance. There's no guarantee anyone, even a first round pick is ever going to make it to that second contract, let alone someone in Braxton Jones position. So yeah, going into this offseason on a sour note is is not good and 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 really stressful and it's easy to overlook that and we talk about um i talked about uh fatigue and kind of burnout from the football season and triple r triple r great to have you this morning uh he said uh that fatigue is the same uh, is the same the staff and players are going through mentally checked out so i do agree on like these guys do get fatigued like Sean, you, and, I mean, and think, you think about Braxton too. I mean, he's never played a season this long. Yeah. You know, these yeah. rookies. Yeah. I mean, they, they get fatigued, but like mentally checked out, I disagree with because these guys have a lot to play for, as we were saying, like Braxton Jones has a lot to play for all these guys. When you are on a rebuilding club, most of these guys don't have guaranteed jobs last year. And a lot of the free agents that the, like the bears brought in, Ryan Poles brought in, were on one year deals or deals where they can be easily cut after that first year. Yeah. And, and look, when you talk to these guys too, they realize that like the product they're putting out is what they put out on, on the tape. That's what the coaches look for. That's what the scouts look at when they're, they're scouting for free agency next, next season and, and whatnot. So 
you know, you can't afford to have a bad game any time of year. I, I don't think these guys are checked out either. Now, I, I do think that they're, you know, a little bit overmatched at, at certain positions. That was very clear in that game against Detroit. Um, and, and, you know, it's I'm surprised, Kyle, that we've gotten through this three win season without a game like this, without a clunker. Um, I, I know they got they got beat bad by Buffalo, but you could kind of chalk that up to a really good opponent, and the weather was was funky and um, injuries. Injuries. In, in, injuries remained a, an issue this past week, and then it it all kind of just snowballed until we got to this point where where Detroit needing a win for their playoff hopes just rolled through them, and uh, I was a little surprised. Uh, I guess glad as as somebody who's you know writing up these storylines and, and talking about it all the time. I'm glad that we didn't have to have a game like this until late in the season. Yeah, I mean it's it's made God. We we've we've gone through uh, all you Bears fans in the chat here. We've all been through this. It doesn't matter if you're a fan yeah, or you journalist. Guys know it. Yeah, like you get to December football, the Bears are bad, and it's usually a really tough watch. And I mean, not even December. A lot of times in October and November is a really bad watch. And despite the fact that this team is three and and thirteen, and probably going in three and fourteen, um, there were a lot of things to keep you interested this season. And there's, I think there there should be optimism going into this off season more so than maybe it feels like after these last two weeks. Um, yeah, go ahead, Sean. Oh yeah, no, I I just think these last couple of weeks are going to leave a sour note. But you gotta you gotta look at the big picture and you gotta look at you know what they were able to accomplish with Justin Fields this season and uh, you know don't don't forget what happened. You know you you can't just last impressions matter, but that can't be everything. You know, you have to look at the whole picture. Alan Dunlap checking in. Alan, great to have you, man. Uh, Bears had to use a 40-year-old at left tackle last year, talking about Jason Peters, who actually played better uh, than any of us ever expected last year. And a fifth-round rookie this year equals indictment of the talent and organization. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I kind of get what you're saying there, Alan, because, like, yeah, particularly under the Ryan Pace regime, but like this is a new regime that was clearly tanking might be a strong word, but like was not investing long-term right away. So like if, listen, if, if they, if they don't have the offensive line solidified for Justin Fields by the beginning of next season, then yeah, you can talk about it being an, an indictment of the organization. I just, I, I struggle to draw too many conclusions from this team in terms of the outlook of Ryan Poles' future and the future of the bears. No, they, they were punting on this season from the beginning. And uh, you know, that's part of, you see that in, in playing guys like a rookie fifth round pick at left tackle and playing guys like, like Jack Sanborn an undrafted linebacker and uh, you know, a couple of young guys in your, in your secondary. Um, so I, I would also not read too much into that now. I do think they're going to have to address the tackle position uh, in the off season. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring somebody in uh, at left tackle and bump Braxton over to right tackle, or, or maybe look hard at a, at a veteran right tackle or something like that. Um, you know, then I would be concerned if they don't make any adjustments on this offensive line and really on both sides in the trenches, you know uh, we've talked all year about how bad that defensive line has been too. Um I, I'm I'm willing to hold off my judgment of of Ryan Poles and and this this regime until we really see what they can do with another offseason here because they were starting from honestly they were starting from like 
less than zero. You know, they were starting in the negative and, and having to work claw their way back up. It's weird because like I said, they're three and 13. And I actually think given the path that Ryan Poles chose and I, anyone who's listened to this show consistently knows that I disagree with the path that Ryan Poles chose going into this season. But with that being said, uh, with that being said, with the path he chose, I thought it's gone about as well as you could have hoped. So, yeah, I mean, uh, your quarterback has played well, and that's that's um, you know the most important position on the field. And, and does he have to show more throwing the ball? Sure, uh, you know, obviously, a lot of that was his his running abilities, and and he's done really really well with that. Um, but you just got to keep the progression going. But um, yeah, I mean, there's been other areas where this team was just not up to, you know, not up to the standard. And I think Ryan Poles would be the first guy to tell you that. There's a ton of stuff coming into the chat. There's a lot we're going to get to today. Um, looking forward to talking. We do got to get out of here uh, kind of early today. Sean's got to get over to Hallis Hall. Bears are starting earlier than typically on a Wednesday. They're only doing a walkthrough today, not a practice like they normally would. They close the locker room uh in response to we, uh kyle we did get one other update last night we will get a couple other players at okay. the podium but they will not be opening the locker room okay well that's that's good um i was a bit surprised when they they completely shut it down just because they had to know that there were going to be a lot of questions that's that's going to be a big focus of of today and yeah reaction from that for sure uh, I see people in the chat talking about uh, I know Hub was on the radio yesterday um, and said some stuff about Justin Fields. Uh, we will tackle that. Maybe not today. Um, I don't want to promise anything. Um, and I still have to even talk to Sean about when our next podcast is. But I, I was talking with Hub on the phone last night. He, uh, We are planning on Hub joining us here on the podcast. Um, it might be Friday if we can make that work. But sometime very soon, you will get to hear from Hub. You will get to hear Hub's opinion on Justin Fields, and there, there, there may even be a. I, I miss sparring with Hub, and I, I certainly, I've heard Hub's take. I actually talked to him a bit about it on the phone yesterday, and and disagreed. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> had to bite my tongue with him on the phone yesterday. So, um, I, I can't wait for him to come on, Sean, just so we can have that conversation. Yeah, I mean that's that's going to be a conversation that steers this whole off season, and and certainly Hub has has some some strong opinions as you guys are alluding to in the chat. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone who is tuned in right now, we appreciate you watching us live this morning. We usually are live twice a week. We try and go with Monday morning, Friday morning. Uh, that kind of mess gets messed up a little bit with our travel schedules, our holiday schedules the last couple of weeks. Um, but typically Monday and Friday mornings at 930 is when we're live. You can find all of our content at shawlocal.com. You can follow us at bears underscore insider at Kyle neighbors and at Sean underscore Hammond. And of course, I want to make sure to give a shout out to the sponsor of Shaw local bears insider podcast, Marengo guns, always buying and always paying top dollar for your guns, ammo and military items. Come see the experts at Marengo guns open 9am to 7pm seven days a week. And there are a, a lot of questions in here, guys, that I want to get to. Um, Mike V had some, even before we were able to jump on the show um, and, and that's something, maybe we end with that question. Um, it's going to actually take a bit of time to unpack and probably going to lead to a lot of other things. So maybe I'll go with that second, but before we go over there, I wanted to hit more on the off the line. Um, because I, I do think, like you saw in that Buffalo game with both Tevin Jenkins and Cody Whitehair out that the offensive line struggled a lot more. And then in that game against Detroit, 
Like Justin Fields had 105, I think it was 105 rushing yards, like nine or 10 minutes into that game. Yeah. I mean, within the first quarter, he had over 100 rushing yards. And I thought to myself, like, oh, my God, like this, he's about to just break fantasy football. He's going to break the NFL today. And then Tevin Jenkins left that game again. And it's really hard to quantify it, right? Because we don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I can clearly the offensive line struggled more with Tevin out. But like to what extent, it's hard to tell. But I do think considering how bad they are up front on the offensive line, just lo- uh, Tevin Jenkins is by far their best offensive lineman and losing him these last couple of weeks has had, well, I think at least a moderate, if not a significant impact on the way this offense has looked. Well, yeah, Kyle, I would 100% agree with that. You're right. It's, it's hard to quantify, but uh, you know, one of the only consistencies between the, the Eagles game, the bills game and, and this week was his absence. And, and yeah, uh, you know, you can't really put numbers to, to the offensive line the same way you can with, with receivers, with running backs, but um, I absolutely agree that 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 has been a big reason why the Bears have struggled. And obviously, you're playing the Eagles, you're playing the Bills. Those are really good teams. You know, the Lions are are in the playoff hunt, so so they're they're certainly a good team. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I mean, the offense just has not looked the same without him. And, and for whatever reason, they haven't been able to run the ball as well. We haven't talked a whole lot about David Montgomery or, or Khalil Herbert these last three weeks. Uh, the only saving grace is that Justin can can seemingly get out of any pinch and and just run for his life and pick up some yards and uh, but but again that that kind of that kind of stopped in that second half against the Lions. You're right, we saw that early and then uh, you know he wasn't able to to find that same sort of running room uh, in the second half. I, so and that's where it gets tough because you know I I don't want to completely attribute that just to Tevin Jenkins because Justin Fields. I think it was a second long run. He kind of came up a little lame. He was limping a bit after that. They were working with a massage gun. He got hit hard on his side, on his hip or or something like that. Yeah, they were working with the massage gun on the sideline too. I wouldn't be shocked. So today will be our first injury report. Um, Now the Bears are only doing a walkthrough, so it's tough to get anything out of it. But I wouldn't be shocked if Justin Fields shows up on the injury report with like a hip injury or a leg injury or something. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, I, I don't expect, you know, obviously he played the whole game and, and I don't expect it would would hurt his ability to play on Sunday, but uh, you never know. I mean, the Bears don't really have any reason to put him back out on the field, Kyle. We haven't really touched on that. Uh, I I think they will. I think that's the direction they want to go with this, but um, it also wouldn't surprise me if Ryan Pohl stepped in and said, no, just sit him. Uh... What, I mean, what are you gaining at this point, right? Like, you, you've you got a large enough sample size with Justin Field. If Tevin Jenkins isn't able to go, if you're really depleted at other positions, do you I, – I just don't – I don't know what you're going to get out of it. Like, I think we know what Justin Fields is. We know where he is in his development this year at this point. I don't we've, know. We have a big, big sample size this year. Yes. I don't know. Let's, let's ask the chat. Uh, yeah, Gary, Gary Cobb, you, you, you gain no, that pretty, pretty that's, concise there, Gary. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I, I don't see a lot that you gain out of playing. Do you do you put him out there? You know, somebody asked Eberflus about about his record chase, and and he said, you know, yeah, we do think of that, but it's not the most important thing. Do you put him out there till he gets sixty five rushing yards and, and breaks Lamar Jackson's record, and then pull him, or is that not even worth it, Kyle? <sighs> I mean, I. I could see that scenario unfolding. I mean, I, I could see that too. I, I don't. I, I don't. Could. I don't think that it's worth it. Um, like, I don't think it's worth it. I, I, I guess it depends on the culture of your locker room right now. Like, you yeah. need that to rally around someone like that. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes that that helps. Like a a, a leader like Justin Fields getting that record, like his teammates. Cause that's not just Justin Fields doing it himself. That's, that's, that is, no, a team that, record, that is honestly. a team record. Yeah. So like, it says a lot about your O line and your, your wide receivers blocking downfield and stuff like that. And, and maybe over the last couple of weeks with the way things have gone, you decide it's worth having him get that record because you feel the need for positive vibes going in the off season. I don't think that's the case with this team. I think they understand what they are, but maybe. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting question, and we should get some more clarity on it today. We're supposed to hear from from Flus and from from Justin Fields. Yeah, uh, my, so Mike B checking in. These guys are professionals. If you are healthy, you should play. I also don't think Fields is healthy with shoulder, ankle, and hip. Well, yeah, that's that's yeah. fair fair to question that. Yeah, uh, Brandon Lawson. Brandon, I'm I'm not sure we've uh not sure if you're a new one, but uh. Brandon, nice to have you, buddy. Um, Tevin Jenkins is our pulse. Then when you have zero anger or emotion with below average talent, Justin Fields stands zero chance, even with stacked wide receivers. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll take immense talent over uh, emotion, but I do get kind of what you're saying there. Um, yeah, I mean, Tevin Jenkins is, uh, on the football field anyway, he is kind of the pulse of the team. He does give them that, that bit of nasty that they need on the offensive line. And, and I think that you kind of feel that when he's not out there, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know that Michael Schofield gives you the same, same vibes. Uh, not that he's a bad player. Uh, it's just, you know, Tevin's got that little bit of nasty and unfortunately, uh, you know, Schofield suffered an injury in that game too. And so you were, you were down to your third option at, at right guard with Dieter Iselin. Uh, triple R, I know uh, it might have been Mike B uh, earlier had said about uh, talking about Tevin's health. I don't think Tevin is a lock. His health history doesn't bode well moving forward. Triple R says, yeah, we are quickly reaching that point, which, I mean, Tevin Jenkins is going to be a starter for the Bears next year, probably at right guard again. The upside, what he's shown this year is, is too high to, you know, cut bait now. But they're certainly, over the last couple of years, um, there are very, very real concerns that he's not going to be able to make it through an NFL season. Yeah. I mean, we've seen even just this year, he's dealt with several different things. There was a hip injury a little while ago. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We still don't really know if the back injury at the start of training camp was real or not. Um, but there's something to be said about availability. And, and that kind of goes back to where we started with Braxton Jones. Like he's played, he's the only guy who's played every single snap. Uh, Braxton Jones at left tackle. And, and that, that says something, you know, that's, that's uh, an important part of, of being an offensive lineman. You know, we saw that with Charles Leno too. Was he the best offensive lineman? No. Was he the, like the best left tackle? No, but you know, he played every single snap and, and that, that is valuable at this level. Yeah. Um, 
consistency among your offensive line is one of the most important aspects of, of football, no matter what level you're at. Um, you, you just really, really need that consistency to grow. I almost said grow, grow the football, uh, almost pulled out a Tressman there. Uh, I like to make that joke occasionally. Um, so I'm going to go all the way back to the top and, and dive into Mike's question. Cause it's a good way to kind of go through it here. Um, actually, before I do that, Gary had been asking about, um, Jatire Carter, um, and the possibility of seeing him at guard this week. I can't find the question, uh, Gary, but I know you've been asking about it, Sean. Uh, do you think we see someone like Carter get into the lineup this week? Well, I think it's it doesn't bode well for Carter that that Dieter Iceland is is playing that that right guard spot last week, and and you know he was playing a, a week before that in the Bills game uh, when when the Bears needed some snaps. Is Carter um, is Carter injured? No. Uh, well, you know what? I'm sorry. He was injured this last game. Yes, he had a back injury. He had not been injured all season until this week. Okay, so, so something probably happened during practice. Something probably happened during practice. Um, yeah, you know what, that's that, thank you for reminding me of that. He, he did have something going on last week, but he has been healthy most of the year and he's really only played a couple snaps on, on special teams. We haven't seen him on the offensive side. Um, but, uh, I, at this point, I don't, I don't really expect to see him this week. No, I don't either. Uh, Mike B says Carter and leather would have to be awful. If Peter <laughs> Isleson is playing over them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the question is how much has, you know, they say all these guys work at all these positions, but how much has Leatherwood actually been spending time at, at guard versus at tackle? We don't really know. They can say that they train all these guys at all these spots, but if they're not comfortable with him there, uh, you know, they're not going to put him there, but, but I don't know that. So uh, I'm going to throw this back up. Mike for Mike B like Carter. I, I, I want to say like, he has to be awful. Um, you know, he's a practice squad guy. He was a project to begin with. Um, but yeah, Mike, sixth round well, pick from but, a small school. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mike B followed up with Leatherwood with a healthy scratch. Yeah. That is a concern. I mean, I, yeah. Uh, it's not like the bears gave up much for Alex Leatherwood. I, I was hoping something would come out of that, but I think that the bears have kind of gone ahead and moved on from that. Do you think they will keep him on the roster next year, Kyle? No. I don't. Interesting. Interesting. I just, if, if they had any confidence in him whatsoever, I think we would have seen him have an extended look at this. Now, maybe they're saying, okay, give us an entire off season to work with him. Yeah. But I just considering his pedigree, I think they would have wanted to see him in game action. If they thought he was anywhere near ready to be able to help an NFL team. I could see them keeping him, uh, you know, over the off season and, and, I mean, maybe you're onto something. Maybe he winds up being a, a 53-man uh, deadline cut uh, next August after training camp. But uh, certainly at that point, you'll have had a year to to see what he's got. Yeah, I, I think that's a possibility, Sean, that they keep him until uh, the end of training camp or to that cut-down deadline. So Mike, Mike had asked this question. It's a good place to go with it here. Um, give it about 10 more minutes, Sean. That okay? And then we'll yeah. jump off here. Yeah, uh, we got a late start. So, um, no, you got to get over to Hallisaw. OK, so Mike had said and this is a good place to kind of end our discussion today, guys. We'll, like I said, we'll be back here hopefully on Friday morning. Uh, how many players that Ryan Poles acquired are you excited for legitimately want to see on the team? 
Um, and Mike had said, I very, very liberally or liberally got to six, but really it's four. Uh, I'm going to scroll all the way back down because I'm sure people are going to start coming with the question and they're chiming in here with their own thoughts. Sean, I'll start with you. Well, who do you think? Uh, what comes to mind immediately? Well, immediately coming to mind is Kyler Gordon, of course, and, and Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, um, those those are two of two of the guys that that you got to throw in that. Um, huh. I, I mean, Jack Sanborn, Jack Sanborn, <laughs> undrafted free agent, but we're, you know, I'm sorry, and we're talking about anyone that that polls brought in this year. I think anyone, I, yeah, Mike. If if that's not, I'm I was reading it as pretty much anyone that has that the Bears brought in just this season. I would throw Chase Claypool into that mix. Let's see. Brandon chimes in with Trenton Gill, Sanborn, Jones. I, uh, I'm not sure if you're referring to Valus Jones, maybe Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones actually show, has shown a little bit. Um, Brisker, Gordon, <laughs> Claypool, maybe. That's funny. <laughs> you get the Claypool? Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I, I would, in, on my list, Claypool's definitely on there. Yeah. I don't know how other people feel, but yes, I have not seen enough. Uh, you know, he just, with the injury and and getting to learn the offense, I'm willing to give that some more time. I, I yeah, definitely. I mean, you gave up a second round pick. Uh, I I really really liked Claypool coming out of Notre Dame. The way he started in Pittsburgh makes me think that it, the the talent is legit. I will say I was concerned with the way things progressed on Sunday. Um, him going to the sideline and slamming down a helmet. Like I think he only played was it 12 snaps in that game. Yeah, it wasn't very many. And and they said afterwards that he was, you know, he was on a pitch count with the knee. Um, and I think the, I wouldn't say he slammed down his helmet. I, I watched that happen. I don't know if the cameras caught it uh, on the TV broadcast, but it was more of like a helmet toss. If, okay. If, kind of like a frustration. It was and... a frustration toss. He didn't, it wasn't vicious or anything like that. He just kind of tossed it and was clearly frustrated. Yeah, and and that's where it's it's a hard. I feel like it's you have to almost give it an incomplete with Chase Claypool because when he came in, they ramped him up, learning the the playbook um, behind a passing offense that is legitimately, if not the worst in the NFL, one of the worst in the NFL. Then he goes out with the knee injury, misses a couple weeks. I don't know. I mean, I know they have injury issues. Um, at wide receiver, particularly this past week. But like if Chase Claypool's knee is in such bad shape that you have to limit him to 10 to 15 snaps, why is Chase Claypool even out there then? Yeah, that's a fair question. And, and, you know, maybe it's because of the state of your wide receiver position, but uh, certainly you would rather see him if he's going to play, play the game, you know, Uh, what are we doing here with, with playing 10, 12 snaps, whatever it is, because, I don't know that that's really even worth it. Uh, Brandon Brandon uh, Lawson saying, Claypool with one year of Tyke Tolbert, I would love to see it. So I'm going to – I'm not saying don't misconstrue this as me saying like there should be changes on the coaching staff. Again, bad roster, first year. But one thing I will say about like I don't – I guess I don't understand like why you would feel super confident like that Tyke Tolbert is going to unleash or unlock Chase Claypool 
because yeah, these guys had limited upside this wide receiver core coming in the season, but is there anyone that the bears have on the, in this wide receiver core that you feel Tyke Tolbert has made better this year? And I know that's hard to tell, like I said, with a bad roster, but like, yeah, it, it's hard to say. I mean, we haven't seen, we haven't seen any, but there's no receiver on this team that, that really progressed throughout the season. There's nobody that went from, from sort of an unknown to a guy who's playing consistent uh, come week 17, week 18. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, I, I think Valus Jones would have been one of the candidates for that, but that obviously hasn't happened. Yeah. I, you look at Valus Jones, you mentioned there, a, a rookie that you spent a, a mid round pick on, you brought in Byron Pringle, you brought in Equinemius St. Brown, you brought in Dante Pettis. None of those guys, have really made an impact a significant impact uh eq i think by far the most you got Nikhil harry a former first round pick Nikhil harry right before the beginning of the year has not really made an impact chase claypool who you gave up a second rounder for has not made an impact there there unfortunately has at, at that position while we've seen progress at a lot of different position groups wide receiver has really stagnated yeah it has it has and and you know, Kyle, I, I just kind of flipped through the roster here to go back to the original question. And yeah, um, I here's my list. I got Brisker, Gordon, Sanborn, Claypool. I'm going to throw Braxton Jones into that. Um, I, and then, you know, those are like the solid five who, who I'm like, yeah, I want to see more from these guys. And, and I'm going to throw some names out here. Uh, and now some of these guys are going to still be on the team. I don't necessarily think you should, should give up on a Valus Jones, but uh, you know, Valus Jones, I, I know, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of Joneses on this team. I think a lot of people in the chat were talking about Justin Jones uh, in, unless they were talking about other Joneses. Um, yeah. Like where do we stand on, on Nikhil Harry, a guy you just mentioned, or Lucas Patrick, who has, has spent much of the year injured. Uh, like, like where do you feel, how do you feel about those guys? Hmm. Uh, I'm interested to see what the chat says here. Um, me personally, I was not a huge fan of Luke, Lucas Patrick signing to begin with. There was nothing that I've seen that says that that you need to bring him back. The um, sole leader, the sole uh, uh, number one biggest positive of him is is the leadership qualities. Yeah, on the field, it wasn't really doing it for me. No, I mean, maybe, I mean, you, you have the cap space. Like if you want to have a veteran guy that can play multiple positions, he can, he can come back. Uh, you can bring him back. If, if Lucas Patrick is penciled in at a starting spot on your offensive line last or next year, I'd be really concerned unless you've upgraded like both tackle positions and Tevin yeah. Dink is his help. Like, you know, you can maybe get by with Lucas Patrick if everything else is strong around him um, or above average around him. Uh, I, I don't see a lot there. Valus Jones, yeah, he's going to be around. Someone had mentioned Nicholas Morrow. Um, you know, he's a guy that's yeah, there. Sign. I'd I, throw him in the same same pool of players here. Yeah, I I think Nicholas Morrow has a a a, a spot on this roster moving forward. Um, it's just it's really hard, I guess, to judge. Uh, Rick had said, uh, oh, <laughs> pop in here. Um, Rick says. I'm more worried about polls now than I was at the start of the season. Uh, kind of chiming in with a conversation I've had with Mike B off the air and a little bit even when we've been on this podcast quite a bit about his concerns over Ryan polls. 
I get, I, I get it. I, I certainly do. Um, this first class, whether it's through the draft or free agency, I think at best you can say is underwhelming, Sean. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're at a disadvantage when you don't have a first round pick, but I agree. It's, it's been underwhelming a little bit and there's going to be hits and misses every year. Um, but certainly you would have wanted to have a few more guys who you feel confident about moving forward. Um, you know, the good thing is that, that Brisker and Gordon seem to be on that right track. Um, but I'm, I'm still not, you know, I really think you got to give Ryan Poles another off season before you really start to judge what he's, he's judged the body of work. Yeah. I mean, by the time, I mean, I'm going to be judging him. I mean, we're, we're going to judge him every step of the way. Yeah. Course. I mean, I, like I, I'm, 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 you know, I, I agree with work. you. Like I, I I'm not, ju- I'm not going to jump to a conclusion about Ryan Poles, the future as Bears GM based on this first year. But uh, I do think that, and I haven't, I, I know we've been getting questions about the draft and free agency. I, I've started to d- dig into draft stuff a bit more. I haven't even looked at free agency yet. Um, but I, by the time free agency hits, I'll have a pretty good idea of where I think the Bears should go and then into the draft. And uh, you know what? I will be pretty critical if, if they don't take a path that I think is reasonable. And it, it could be that I'm just flat out wrong. And like, you know, maybe I think Ryan Poles is an idiot. Then they come out next year and win 12 games or something like that. But I definitely think that Ryan Poles needs to have a a good offseason. I think he needs to have maybe need is a strong word even. I think it would be helpful to have a splashy offseason. But when I say splashy, that can bite you in the ass pretty quickly. Like they got to be smart about how they do this. But like there's got to be something that serves as a catalyst, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, they can afford to spend a little bit here and there. I, I've i been saying it the whole time. You know, I don't expect them to spend all that cap space. But, uh, you know, you can you can certainly spend a little bit. You can go out there and have a little bit of fun. And and if that's kind of what you mean, Kyle, I, I'm with you. Like, uh, you know, they, they need to – they clearly need to make some some major adjustments with this team. And, and um, you know, maybe, maybe one or two splash signings uh, would certainly get you feeling – better about where this is going yeah absolutely all right we got to get out of here i want to throw one last thing up here um, i'm gonna throw one more name out there too a guy who yeah. we've probably forgotten about and haven't seen in months is is doug kramer uh the center who was drafted and was getting some run with the the first team offense in training camp uh before he he suffered an injury i'll throw him on that list of guys i'm i'm intrigued about going into uh, you year. you're just going with the u of i guy that's all that is just get we'll... get, get a shout out to the illini <laughs> Uh, I wanted to throw this one last thing before we get out of here because it is something I want to talk about. And we, uh, Brandon had said, uh, I feel it's so hard to judge with O-line troubles. I actually, I'll disagree there. I don't think it's hard to judge. Um, uh, Brandon, this this offensive line kind of stinks, man, um, particularly with the injuries right now. But I also look at the tendency, or I look at the play calls and route trees sometimes, and the 90% run tendency on second down, and it just leaves me lost. And it's actually that last part that I wanted to hit on here. Um I, I'm not sure it's quite 90%. Uh, That's an exaggeration, but but it's I, over I mean, 50. Yeah. I mean, I, it might be, he might not be that far off though. I, I do think I feel like I saw like 80% or it's certainly very, very high. Um, I'll be very, very irritated 
watching the Bears next year. I And when I say irritating, I do that with any NFL team that consistently or what I feel to be at a too high a rate on second and long situations. We've talked about this a bit before. But yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly um, what is causing that, uh, but it, it does need to stop next year. Yeah, I'd like to see, uh, you know, I'd like to see the offense and, and Luke Getze you know, get a little more creative in those situations where you're facing second and 10 or second and long or whatever. Um, I, I think that's something that they could learn from, uh, you know, this season. Um, I also do go back. We've talked about this in previous episodes, but, you know, is that is that a Luke Getze thing or is that sort of a Matt Eberflus uh, being conservative as, as the head coach? Is that coming from the head coach? Who, who exactly is making those decisions to to run in that situation? And and I, I do tend to to wonder about that. I'd like to see the breakdown in second down, second and long pass to run ratios over, let's say, like weeks eight to twelve, and then like weeks thirteen through sixteen or fourteen through seventeen, um, and see how those compare to see mm-hmm. if maybe it's becoming more conservative because of trying to protect Justin Fields or and the lack of 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 weapons receivers and, and yeah. injuries on the O-line. That's, that's a really good point, Kyle. That those, those things uh, may have fluctuated throughout the season. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and get out of here, Sean. You got to get over to Hallis Hall. We'll be back with you guys a little later this week to break down one final game for the 2018 or 2018. What year is it? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, I just, for some reason, I, saw 2018 and just came out of my mouth. I do that occasionally uh, of the 2022 season. Um, 2018 was a fun year, though. The last time, the, yeah, the, that's yeah. that's true. You got winning on your mind. You got, yeah, uh, l- l- yeah. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, anyway, so let's go ahead and get out of here, Sean. For Sean Hammond, I am Kyle Neighbors. Thank you for listening to Shaw Local Bears Insider Podcast. We are live, like I said, twice a week. You can also find us on Apple and Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast, get yourself a subscription, uh, notification set up on YouTube. Stay with us here. With that, go ahead and get out of here. Once again, for Sean Hammond, I am Kyle Neighbors. Talk to you guys later this week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.